the family of a local teenager says she never would have left home without calling. It's praying for the best. I want my daughter home, man. And if she can't come home, I just want to know where she's at. These posters around the towns of Livermore and Jay beg anyone with information to come forward. Posters that Richard puts up every spring, never losing hope. arrest in a nearly four-decade-old cold case. Thanks to cutting-edge DNA technology, the arrest happening exactly 39 years to the day. When Parabon Nanolabs used that sample to create 3D models of the suspected killer's face. It's heartbreaking. We miss her, and we're going to find her. We're going to keep looking until we do. It's like a never-ending nightmare. It doesn't end. It keeps returning and coming back. And we're live. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And for people watching us back as a recording, thank you as well. Yes, absolutely. So tonight we are joined by Joe Charpentier. He is the investigative reporter for Sun Journal who covered Celeste Amy's disappearance in July 2021. Um, Joe, welcome to the show. and Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So how did you get involved with this case, Joe? Uh, so the press release from Auburn Police uh, came to me through my editors. They said, you know, we got this. Please write it up. Uh, obviously, I became intrigued. And about a month later, when uh, police said they didn't really have anything uh, to go on, I decided, well, I'll write a story on it. And uh, that was back in maybe july june or july and uh i just kept sticking with it i mean it was a story a couple months in the making so so when did the story come out i'm sorry so you said it came out in july of like this past year no it came out in october actually uh so more than a couple months i guess i was waiting on information uh, waiting for people to get back to me uh many drafts uh, <laughs> i gotta say Sorry, wanted to make sure I got it right. Yeah, and, and you absolutely did. Um, if if people have not read the article, we'll post it in the podcast. Now. Um, but it's really well written. You can tell you spent your time investigating the story, uh, digging into who Celeste is. It is honestly the only article I read about Celeste and, and the circumstances. Everything else is just bullet points from the police, right? Yeah. Auburn PD. Oh, thank you, Jeff. That was quick. Yeah, that's the article there. So uh, <clears throat> we were hoping to have uh, her uh, her mom on tonight, Celeste's mom, uh, Stephanie, but might be uh, she might be getting out of work late. We're not entirely sure. But uh, what could you tell us about what you what you know about Celeste, Celeste her her early life, and and because she's not originally from uh, the U.S., right? They moved from uh, Germany. Yeah, they moved from Germany in 1995. She was, uh, was she five years old? Two years old. Uh, and I, I really don't know much other than uh, they moved to Largo, Florida, uh, or the area of Largo, Florida. Um, I didn't find much out about, you know, the first five, six years they were there. Uh, and... Let's see. The I did talk to someone that uh, knew them. You know, about five years after they moved there, uh, they met. Uh, if you read the story, the Bonacci family, uh, yes. neighbors in in Largo, and they became close, and they stuck around about four years. Uh, then, you know, from the 2005 to 2012 period, uh, Stephanie had uh, Celeste's sister. They moved around the South for a while, um, ended up back in Largo. Celeste went to the local high school and met a friend who I did talk to for the article. Uh, and uh, I've, I've got a big, long timeline in front of me. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, 2012, she came back to uh, their former neighbors, uh, the Bonacci's. Uh, she was a bit troubled at the time, uh, getting into a little bit of trouble as a kid. Uh, mm -hmm. 
They kept an irregular contact for several years. Uh, Celeste moved around for quite a bit, ending up in Louisiana. And that's where she met, met her uh, boyfriend, John Benton, who was uh, allegedly the last person who saw her before she disappeared. All right, and if people are looking at the pictures of Celeste here, you can tell she's a beautiful girl. Uh, she was recently a mom, right? Yes, I want to say her son was five or six months old when she went missing. Oh, my Crazy. gosh, that's horrible. Yeah. And some of her uh, some of her, her troubled sort of life, right, once she had her kid, everything changed for her, right? Like, yep. she she completely did a, did a 180 and wanted to start doing better yes yes i and i think that might have even started before she knew she was pregnant it it seems like she i i don't want to say cleaned up her act but she uh became serious about wanting things in life it seems Mm -hmm. a little bit before uh she became pregnant yeah and and i apologize like uh, Jeff had mentioned we thought Stephanie's going to be able to uh, come in and join us. We're still hoping she'll join us uh, later if she can. She's over in Germany, so it was a six-hour delay, I believe, a six-hour difference in time. So um, just hang it's on. Like, if, if like one in the morning over there. <laughs> so thank you for trying to get through that with, with talking about her um, as a child, you know, her childhood and, and raising, because we kind of threw that on you last minute. So I appreciate that, Joe. No, no, that's fine. Can you get into the disappearance and and maybe what led up to it? Yeah, so uh, leading up to that, she, uh, like I said, she met her boyfriend in Louisiana. They uh, moved to Maine and stayed with his folks, it looks looks like, for about a year. And then in 2019, they moved to Auburn. Uh, Then in late 2020, uh, Celeste returned to the Largo area, pregnant. Uh, she returned. She returned there from Maine. Uh, she asked. She was asking help uh, because her relationship was abusive. She said uh, she stayed at a good friend Chris Worthy's house and got in touch with their uh, with her childhood friends, the Bonacci's. Uh, they both tried to convince her to stay in Florida. Uh, she supposedly spoke with her then ex-boyfriend, John Benton, and I guess he convinced her to come back to Maine, try to work things out. Uh, so then in around November 2020, I don't know the exact month, but she uh, gave birth to her baby in a central Maine hospital. And according to Stephanie, and it's too bad she's not with us because she'd be able to go into this some more. Mm-hmm. But I, her her mother Stephanie said that she told hospital staff that the household was abusive, um, and I guess months later, the uh, Department of Health and Human Services Office of Child and Family Services followed up on that. Uh, I'm not sure what came of that. I don't think anyone is. Uh, Then sometime in July, according to Stephanie, she brought her baby into the doctor's office for shots. She got some textbooks for college. She might have attended an orientation. Um, But according to her friend Chris, uh, the course was all online. Uh, So she was doing everything from home. Uh, Yeah, and and, uh, I guess this is where it kind of gets real. Her friend Chris was speaking with her uh, via video chat, and uh, she kept in regular touch with him throughout the pregnancy and almost a daily video call. Uh, He said the video chat ended abruptly because there was an argument between Celeste and John after she allegedly destroyed hundreds of cannabis plants that were around the house. Uh, and I, I don't know what he was growing. If, if he was growing, you know, it's, it's, uh, just Chris's word there, 
but I, I know that from recent busts, there are houses with thousands of plants. So I, I don't know if he was growing illicitly, but I, leading up to that, he had told her that the living arrangement wasn't uh, healthy. The, you know, just being in and around that, whatever, uh, you know, pesticides, herbicides might have been used. Uh, and not just that, but she she told him that uh, people would come around and buy from them. And she was saying that she wasn't comfortable with that. It was it would just be her and the baby in the house. And she doesn't know these people. Uh, so then she lost touch with with Chris. That was the last time he ever talked to her. She never read his messages after that. Uh, she did post on July 22, 2021, uh, that she was enrolling in college. She posted, uh, you know, several times in July, but the last time was July 24th. And uh, she never posted again to social media. So... Um... Terry Staples has a question. She said, had there ever been police reports made for domestic abuse? No. There weren't. She just told the, the doctors or whatever. And then it seems like the doctor didn't really do anything about it either, right? They waited a while before they... Like I said, there was no police report. Hmm. Uh, and so, I, yeah, didn't, so this... I, I didn't find the name for the hospital. I, I mean, I think a central main hospital... It would seem obvious to people, but I don't think it's really fair to say we we know which hospital it was. Okay. <clears throat> so this is her current boyfriend on the screen here, or her boyfriend at the time, which went missing, John Alex Benton. Yes. And then some domestic violence, aggravated assault, three years, all but 12 months suspended with four years probation, uh, violating condition of release, violating condition of release, violating condition of release. And then there's another one for domestic violence, aggravated assault, and that's seven years, all but 18 months suspended with four years probation. So it seems like kind of a slap on wrist. And we have to say that has nothing to do with Celeste. Yes, he's got a girlfriend who's missing. Yes. And uh, one thing that I didn't write about that I know Stephanie would say if she was with us is that uh, he was possibly seeing someone else while they were together before Celeste went missing. Um, yeah, she told me that as well. She and when Celeste went missing, he immediately moved this girl into the to the house. Uh, I don't know how true well, that is. I'm taking Stephanie's word for it, but uh, she mm-hmm. was very helpful with a lot of other information I was able to corroborate. So, yeah, and so basically, he bring this other girl in the house, and it looks like you know that he still had cust or the child was still in his his care, right? At that point. Uh, this... It appears the uh, the child was in his care up until his arrest in April, uh, and that seems to be what sparked the, you know, presumably uh, the Office of Child and Family Services asking, okay, where's the mother? Don't know mm-hmm. where the mother is. Asking Auburn Police to go knock on her door. She's not there anymore. They filed the missing persons report and. Uh, that I'd say a month later, I think it was, they issued the press release and, you know, we know what happens from then on. So do we know why, and I know Celeste, you know, moved here and then moved to Maine. Was she just distant with people? Is that why people didn't realize she was missing? Yes. Uh, Chris said that she would regularly just check out. You wouldn't hear from her for a while. He said he would always get a call, uh, either telling him, you know, I'm okay, this is what I'm doing, this is where I am, or I'm not okay, I need help, come out and get me. Uh, But she would always get back in touch with him, at least, uh, if not other people, too. But yeah, her her social circle was very small. So sad. So, do we do we have any idea what uh, what the boyfriend said about any of this? Like about her, where she's been or where she'd gone? Or 
he said that uh, he said that she oh walked out. Oh, Sorry, go ahead. No, I don't. Uh, something just happened. I I lost connection with you guys. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Sorry. I. Sorry. What was the question again? Yeah. So uh, her 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 boyfriend at the time. What was his statement uh, about her being gone? Uh, supposedly she left everything, went for a walk, never came back. And did he say roughly when that happened? Was that around the, the same time that uh, her friend had talked to her on the phone? That I didn't. I didn't get much on that. Uh, like the NAMIS, the National, what is it? National Missing Persons in the U.S. National Alliance Missing. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd asked me ten minutes ago, I could have told you. <laughs> it, it's like it's the database for missing people in the U.S. Right. Uh, it says that last contact was june 2021 it wasn't obviously she was talking to people posting until around the end of july so uh so i don't know if he said the last time he talked to her was june or if it was a typo or uh if that information came from someone else but he did say that she walked off never came back so namus is the national missing and unidentified person system had to Google that real quick. <laughs> but so, I, I, I did try to interview him while he's uh, he's currently at Maine Correctional Facility. And the Department of Justice uh, asked why. I told them the story I was writing about. And they said, no, basically. <laughs> they said, no, you, you can't talk to him. Uh, I asked if they could clarify if the department of justice was saying no or if they did ask him and he declined the interview i never got an email back yeah so they they didn't want to allow you to do it um all right so where's her house jeff it's the 85 right Academy street right yeah it's just this place right here so she went for a walk somewhere if anyone's from that area you know it's close to edward little high school uh also, Bates College is in the area as well. Bates College actually used to own this building at one point. I even saw, you know, a couple comments. Uh, I don't know if it was on uh, when the Sun Journal posted it to Facebook, but they said, man, I lived right down the street. I never saw that girl once. Crazy. And how long had she lived there at that point? At uh, the point she went missing? Pretty sure two years. And then uh, John Benton ended up, I think he lived there until August 2022, uh, at least according to the uh, court records. That's where his residence was until then. Do you know if police ever went into the home after maybe he left, said, knock on the door and said, Mr. Uh, Renter, can I look in this building? Did that ever happen that you know aware of? That I don't know. I. I really wanted to canvas the area and talk to people, but I was getting the sense that, you know, how close do I get before I'm, you know, affecting the investigation itself? That's not what this is about. Uh, you know, you want the answers from police, but you also don't want to undermine them. Uh, right. Because you want them to solve the case. Right. And we can only hope that they're doing their job and, like you said, canvassing, talking to neighbors. And it's interesting that someone right next door didn't even see her um, Megan Daigle says there's a missing woman in Washburn, Maine uh, so that's a teen Shaw pretty much like this no trace nothing how does this keep happening that's a great question that we don't have an answer for <laughs> oh the question I just asked so thank you Terry did the authorities ever do a search of the home we're not really sure we don't know I I hope they did, but we don't know. And then no one just ups and walks away from their baby. And actually, um, Stephanie had sent me a video. I was going to try to put into here. Actually, I still could. Um, and it's, it's Celeste talking to her baby and you can tell, you can just hear how much she loves her child. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's one thing to, to have like, a, you know, 
as you go through life, move around here and there, here and there, whatnot. But uh, it was pretty obvious that that sort of changed, right, with the introduction of her baby, or even before that, right, like you were saying, where she was starting to take life seriously and wanting things. Um, but as far as any of us know, right, the last time that she had a conversation or, or with anyone was with her friend uh, after she destroyed some of her boyfriend's property, Marijuana. we'll say. Marijuana plants. <laughs> yeah. And uh, did, he, he had some, uh, he overheard him cussing at her as well, right, over the phone. Yep. He he said you know are you are you stupid what are you doing she said the police are going to kick our door down we have a child are you stupid and and he said yeah. uh, that her boyfriend had picked the phone up and ended the call or the video right. chat the, and, the boyfriend uh, who has a history of uh, domestic yep. assault right has has the boyfriend talked to stephanie or this other guy that um Celeste was friends with since childhood. Had, has he talked to anyone and told them anything that you know of? I don't think so. Uh, they'd have to speak for themselves, but I'm pretty sure that I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that no one has talked to him. Sarah says, I was going to say the same thing. Megan, two beautiful young ladies go missing three months apart. Both last seen by the significant other. Either men seem concerned and no publicity for either. How are we supposed to share the stories and look for them if we don't know they are missing? Exactly. And this, you know, if, had they known at the time missing, they'd done a better job and probably have this thing solved already. But when you look at it several months or years later, then it's a little tougher to do, right? Mm -hmm. I would say nearly impossible unless someone admits to something. I, I did. I do have to say, uh, I did notice a teen Shaw's case and I did ask state police about that, but never got a reply back. Um, I mean, and it's only just now that they actually seem like they were really investigating what, like two weeks ago they went in and were checking the house. Oh, it's my theory that police have so much on their plate that they can't afford to put resources into something unless people show an interest. I think that's probably what it comes down to because now that people are showing an interest in some of these cases, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but they're constantly posting about missing people now. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's, I mean, and no disrespect to the police officers, but it's kind of gross that it takes people to be paying attention to it for them to, to the, do anything about it. Right. It's the whole yeah. uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Yeah. Right. And it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. Uh, like they, there should, we have a lot of missing and cold cases in Maine. They, they should have a lot more funding for that. I understand how that most of that stuff is only handled by what there's Maine state police and is it Augusta and Bangor have their own like investigative departments for like, uh, South homicides? Portland, South Portland oh. and um, Bangor. Okay. Um, you know, it's, uh, and they, they leave they leave it on local police's plates too. I mean, the lead on the investigation for Celeste is still Auburn PD, um, with Maine State Police assisting. I don't know yeah. what that capacity is. Um, so I'm surprised like Shannon Moss never reached back out to you when you asked a question about it. Like usually she'll send something back, you know, a generic. She, We're looking into it. We're assisting them any way we can, type of thing. I can say with a lot of confidence, she she's got a lot on her plate at any given moment. Uh, she usually gets right back to me. She didn't on that one. Uh, yeah, the well, even the uh, was it the cold cases, right, Travis? How they uh, they allocated some funds to uh, for some police officers to look into the cold cases, but even that was two officers that were already full-time who were already detectives. Right. So and, in their free time, they can, in their free time, they were allowed to, to you're right. Look into that. And Instead just of having actual cold case detectives that work on nothing but cold cases. Right. It absolutely blows my mind that that's, that's even how that works. So, um, and 
Linda says here, never heard about this until now. Uh, right. You know, my exactly goodness, it's horrible. Like and and we hear that all the time. Is like Maine isn't a, isn't a giant. I mean, size wise, yes, we're a big state, but we don't have that many people. We're one of the smallest states, and uh, population wise, and you know, so often people are just hearing about this. Kara's actually the one that we talked to about uh, Atin Shah's case, and she says, "I'm making it my goal to share all missing people in Maine on my new Facebook group to hopefully help bring in new tips for these families." No disrespect for police. I know they work hard behind the scenes, but they need tips to help. And Kara, if you wouldn't mind, just share the name of your uh, page so maybe people help uh, will join it. Well, that's what they need. They need more people talking about these cases, get more eyes and ears on these cases. So what about this case stood out to you that you said, you know, I've, I've got to cover this, Joe. What what was it that made you want to cover this case? Um, <clears throat> back then, I mean, knowing absolutely nothing about it, she's from Germany. She wasn't from Maine. She lived in Florida most of her life. Uh, I mean, it's she went missing in 2021. Here I am writing a press release about it in 2023. Uh, yeah, so... The, that's what dragged me into it. Uh, you know, you have the daily grind. So I pumped out the, uh, you know, wrote up the press release, filed it and continued. And then, like I said, a month later, I was just like, you know, is anything going on with that? And the answer was no. I noticed papers rarely ever dig into missing persons. So I, I asked, do you care if I'm spending time on this? And my Editor said, "No, nope, go, you know, go right ahead. If you got a feeling, keep digging into it, and that's what I did. That's awesome. awesome. You have like and, the uh, best job. <laughs> <laughs> you get paid for what you do. Like this is what we do, and we get paid." <laughs> uh, and Kara uh, also said the you know the name of the page is missing and unsolved in Maine. Uh, for the people listening on podcast who aren't watching, good point, Jeff. <laughs> we have to remember sometimes that this because yeah, this does go into an audio only format like onto Spotify and stuff so that's something we have to keep trying to remember <laughs> we struggle with do we know if her boyfriend at the time when she went missing does he have any land anywhere or does his family have land anywhere have you looked into that aspect of it no I, tr I tried tracking his parents down I couldn't find a you know Facebook page or email or number or anything I uh, couldn't couldn't find anything on them uh, I would have to assume that family owned land somewhere uh, because his mother and father do live in Maine I do know that uh, but now I've I have no idea I know I would assume he doesn't he himself doesn't own any land anywhere so he has assault charges from the girl that he moved in after Celeste disappeared, right? Uh, um, that's that's what I've been led to believe. That that's what. But he also has fun. assault charges from prior girlfriends, correct? Or am I mistaken? I I found some. Uh, he has a record in Texas. Um, I dug around a little more, but I didn't find anything else. I uh, one thing that didn't make the article that I feel fairly confident in sharing is that I did get a an, an anonymous letter, or not anonymous letter, but an anonymous piece of mail with the uh, his Cumberland County charges and a piece of paper that gave a name and the fact that he had two kids with this person. Uh, I couldn't track that person down either. Um, hmm. And when I mentioned that to Celeste's friend Chris Worthy, he said, absolutely not. If she knew that, she wouldn't have been with that guy. Uh, and I'm assuming that's the whole leaving his family behind. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> So, like, back, because they met in Louisiana or something, right, you said? Yeah. So you're, you're led to believe by this anonymous tip that he actually had a family down there, but then he moved to Maine with her that she may yeah. or may not have known about it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Did they did they give you a name and stuff, and you couldn't find her? 
Yeah, actually, I I won't take it. I wouldn't say it anyways. I, I would have. No, to don't say it on air. But if you want to, yeah. if you don't mind sending it to us, maybe we can try to see if we can find anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You work for the Sun Journal. You probably have way more contacts and abilities. Than we <laughs> better, do, better resources for, for tracking <laughs> people down. But we could try. Uh, what are these comments? Oh, Kara said, "You are amazing, Joe. Excellent work." And Thank you. Yeah, like I said, like nobody reported on this case, but you, Joe, like that. That is amazing. You know, and there's just... a lot. Of, there's a lot of details in there too. It looks like you did a very thorough job yeah. with with that, and I'll uh, I'll post that again. The, the article. You guys should go check that out. So, Annie Del Delagazar Delag. Garza. <laughs> I don't know what the A in the middle is throwing me for loop. I was going to say Del Garza, but there's an A in the middle. But anyways, uh, I can't help but feel there are more involved in this. I can see she may have put up a good fight to get back her children. And actually, Annie and I have been friends on Facebook for many years. So I apologize for slaughtering your last name. Curtis <laughs> <laughs> asking what part of Louisiana are you? Do you know what part of Louisiana was? Slidell. Slidell. Megan says, agreed as a DV survivor, my kids were going to be safe before me. And when I was finally ready to build the bridge up to leave, 100%, 10%, my kids were going to come with me. Exactly, right? If he was abusing her, she's not going to leave her uh, five month old right. son there to, to fight for himself. There's no way. It, it's 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 weird that we're even having a conversation about this like that that something that obvious to us at least uh like abuse on before abuse after and her in the middle and she's missing and the last known conversation he was yelling at her for destroying his property like <laughs> it, it blows my mind that like there isn't like Maybe the cops do have a lot going on with this. I don't know, but I would hope so. I would hope there are lots of details I don't have. Yeah, uh, yeah. One one thing that was shared with me that wasn't in the story is uh, her friend Chris Worthy. He sent me a screenshot of you know the messages he sent to Celeste in the months and a good year after that. And, you know, you okay? What's going on? Why aren't you talking? There was a point in 2022 where one of the messages was read. And he can't figure out how or why. Um, I suggested maybe police had accessed her account. I was going to say that too. Yeah. But it was just that one message, nothing before that, and nothing since. And uh, I I presume he would have noticed if, if she had read the message at the time but uh, right um i was gonna actually go to her facebook page and look at that last post uh, a couple more comments here uh ollie nichols mccormick says he really is amazing so nice for him to care and not give up absolutely um terry's asking who has custody of the baby uh, that's something Stephanie could speak to, but from what she's told me, the state took custody. Um, no one knows where the baby is except for the state. Oh man! Uh, yeah, Stephanie says she's trying to get custody of him, and she's not having much luck with that. No, it's it's a uh, obviously tough because of the international barrier. Yeah, but uh, no, I asked. DHHS and just as a yeah it's a common roadblock you know is there they can't talk about any of that and uh, and considering all the other stuff that goes on with DHHS I can totally understand that Um, Uh, so this can you guys see the page on the screen there Jeff it's a it's a little small small. If if I go to full screen on my computer I can I can see it because they're our post on June 24th, 2021 said, watching my son and my heart is literally overflowing with love and pride. I made this amazing little dude and for the life of me, don't know how I ever deserved such a gift. He amazed me more with every passing day. He's such a happy, giggly boy and I absolutely love him with every fiber of my being. So clearly it sounds like someone who's going to leave their child. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
Jeez. Um, yeah, I got a lot of leads on those comments, uh, and it's changed somewhat. Some people have have uh, deleted their comments or their accounts, but uh, yeah, I talked to a lot of people through that. Um, I was also told to go to hell several times. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you're, you're. I'm not so. I, I don't doubt you probably were going to run into that with with your sort of job, right? Oh yeah, people that are going to want to talk, time. and but you got to keep fighting through it. So it's awesome that you you have been. Um, Patricia says, uh, "Why are all these people missing?" And nobody uh, knew he had domestic issues uh, and limited investigation. I assume. Sad. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. So they found out that she's missing when they're trying to figure out. Okay, he they come to the house and there's a child here and they're trying to figure out where the mom is and then that's when they say oh she's missing so yeah, he never yeah, reported her missing so that's the issue yeah, just said she she just took a walk and never came back and didn't <clears throat> think that he needed to let her family or any other friends know uh christina says i didn't hear about this until seeing his article on it so sad this hasn't been in the media before now um well i mean it's been on media for him like he's he's covered it but yeah it hasn't gotten out there very much joe do you know if they've, they've done any searches for her like like any areas or anything that you're aware of i don't know that i i do know they've done searches for alex jackson in the area i mean like i think he he was last seen in leeds which is about what 15 20 minutes from auburn i mm-hmm. uh, if not closer than that so I know they've done searches on other cases. Uh, I haven't heard about them finding anything related to any of those cases. So, such a sad, sad story. Like this girl deserves to be found, and she deserves to have, or her child deserves the answers to find out where his mom is. Right? Yeah. How long have you worked at the Sun Journal, Joe? Uh, since October 2021. So, yeah, so she disappeared in around July, we think, right? 2021. And then, right. When did the police finally find out? I forgot to mention that earlier. Was it in 2023 they finally decided that she was missing? Uh, from the sounds of it, no one knew she was missing until they arrested her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend uh john benton in april that's when they took custody of the baby and tried to find her and that's i mean police had no reason to believe anyone was missing i think it came out of left field for them so i you know they went to the house couldn't find her and i've looked at the police logs he immediately issued a missing persons report uh, under the heading suspicious condition, I think yeah. it said. And uh, it, usually when they issue a missing person uh, report, it'll say, it says something else. It doesn't say suspicious condition. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, they realize, well, if no one's reported her missing for a couple of years, then something's not right here. Sorry, I keep looking over at the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine, man. Junior Johnson says, beautiful smile. Yes, absolutely. Terry Staples, many, many, many women, women are, are afraid. afraid. Oh, good. Sorry. <laughs> you sound better than I do anyway, so go ahead. <laughs> many women are afraid and embarrassed to admit they're being abused, uh, also in fear of retaliation. No, absolutely. I have spoken to safe voices and I think they said it takes a woman in an abusive relationship five, six, seven times before they, they do leave it. Uh, it's tough. I, yeah, I don't understand. And of course I'm in a position where I wouldn't understand, but it's too bad that women can't feel strong enough to leave on their own and 
and and make the right decisions for themselves that, that someone's manipulated them into thinking that they have no worth or they couldn't do it on their own or like it just uh just pissed me off mm-hmm. uh megan says no offense to all law enforcement out there but little ayla reynolds body has never been found and nobody's been deemed responsible for his appearance should we really be that shocked that this kind of stuff is happening at this point nope i guess not I feel like the lack of justice for little Ayla speaks volumes for the ones who are supposed to be protecting and serving citizens of Maine. Exactly, Megan. Thank you. Uh, Patricia says, uh, family or friends didn't know. Someone must know something. And from the sounds of it, she didn't really have many friends in the area, right? Um, she'd moved up here with, with him and... Uh, did did she have a job while she was up here? I know that she she was potentially attending college or at least went to uh, you know the intro or whatever. I think her friend Chris said that she might have had some issues with citizenship, so I don't know that she was able to have a job that wasn't under the table. Uh, oh, okay. oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that probably, yeah. Her mother did say she worked in a kitchen at one point, uh, but you know there's there's a lot of shady business practices when it comes to uh, non citizens. So, and I right. find it odd that she didn't have friends nearby, like in Auburn. You know, she's a young. How old was she when she went missing? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. So twenty seven year old girl. I feel like even if it's just her walking with her child outside or, or bring the child in the stroller, she would stop, talk to somebody. Like, how did nobody realize? Her friend, Chris did say that <clears throat> she didn't leave the house. I, I don't know if that means she rarely left the house or if she was not to step outdoors type of thing. Um, true. And uh, Auburn isn't a big city by any means, but I feel like, you know, once in a while heading out, no one's going to notice you. Uh, you could live a you know, few streets down and might see the person a couple times. Uh, and, and true. Where, even, even on the map here, you can kind of, you can see where they lived here. It's this, this house right here. There's still a fair amount of uh, other places around you. Yeah. I, I would have assumed that someone must have <clears throat> at some point in time, you know? Stopped and talked to her, or right, yeah. And well, how I, how long did they live there for? Uh, two years, I think. Right. Kara says, "I'm thinking that he may have isolated her if he was abusive, and that's kind of what yeah, you just and that's on, Joe. yeah, absolutely. That could be, that could be it, absolutely. And and if and if there were um, citizenship issues, maybe she was also being cautious about that." Uh, yeah, trying not to get out and let herself be known so well. Jeff, can but, you back out of that a little bit just to see what kind of is there like any woods around that area? So yeah, right here is the, ponds is the, or, the high school. It's, it's kind of close to the river. river. Yeah. Um, right on the Androscoggin River, but uh, you know, if if, any, if she had been put in the river or anything she probably would have someone would have found her eventually yeah Um, usually usually i think the very few cases that bodies end up in the river i think they basically get stuck in brunswick they lodge up against the dam and it's very noticeable there's a small wooded area here but it's not very large and you can see even from the trees that there's plenty of paths through it so like nothing in close proximity i think you know, she's right sort of in the heart of it here. Yeah. I mean, downtown Auburn, downtown Lewiston, that looks like it's about a 10, 15 minute walk. The library is, I want to say like a five minute walk from that area. The school obviously is about a five, 10 minute walk. Uh, did, did he have a vehicle or access to a vehicle? Do you know? I don't know that. I... You know, actually, while we're talking, I'm going to look on uh, 
DMV violations and see if there's anything there. Right. But, Start using some of his reporter tools. There you go, Joe. There you go. <laughs> uh, um, and I'm, Megan, have they done search parties through those trees? Any dogs trace and uh, she was reporting missing. And you said that it was in Leeds they did a, a search, right? I think so. I, I think they've done a, quite a few searches between between uh, Leeds and, and uh, he's from Wyndham, is it? Wyndham, yeah. Yeah. But that was more for Alex Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. But specifically in this area, we don't know that they did anything for a research, right? So that's now, Edward Little High School on the other side of those trees. You know, could he yeah, have brought it over there? It's a pretty small wooded area. Yeah. With And you can... Oh, excuse me. Jeez. Uh, you can see that there's like walkways and paths through here. I just ate dinner before I got on this. I have to stop doing that. <laughs> well, it sounded good. <laughs> All right. I'm thinking he must have had a car because I do. I did find, and I can't find it now, but I did find at the time uh, Celeste was pulled over in 2018, I think, in... Actually, it might have been Wyndham uh, for speeding like 10 miles an hour over or something like that. It looked like it was a warning that there was no ticket or anything like that. So Celeste uh, had a license as well? She must have, which which makes me wonder about the whole uh, citizenship issue. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like how, yeah, how, how, how you get a driver's license. license. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling Jeff earlier that building up there to the right is where my dad went to high school, the old Edward Little. Which is now a theater. It's now a little theater or something. Yeah. All right, Joe, we really appreciate you uh, coming on and talking to us about the case. Is there anything you want to make sure that uh, you talk about before we go, if it's something we didn't ask about or, or the viewers didn't ask about? Um. <clears throat> I, I will say that, that obviously you have to consider everything. Um, I mean, her boyfriend, John Benton, I mean, it just doesn't look good. Any, I think you can objectively admit that. Um, mm -hmm. Everyone I talked to, except for one person who I promised anonymity to, pointed their fingers at him. Uh, but I mean, it's circumstantial, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and then everyone everyone says Celeste wouldn't have left her child and, and everything I've seen points to that I, I, I will say I've seen people do worse, crazier things they're usually Absolutely. all uh, uh without going into her personal history too deeply it's uh, a stretch of the imagination to say she up and left her baby even if there was no abuse going on in the household uh, so, uh, like I said before, I sat on the story for a long time because small details kept coming in. Uh, hundreds of words turned into thousands of words. Um, but I felt like waiting was a good, a good thing because it allowed uh, Benton's August 28th conviction to make it into the story. Uh, the Department of Corrections denial for an interview. Uh, what I wish I'd done differently is check in with the Auburn property owner about the living arrangements, who was paying because her ex-boyfriend was obviously there until uh, well into 2022. Uh, but I, I don't know how much that would have added to the story anyway. Uh, I was uh, unable to track down one major name that kept coming up. Uh, his mother and supposedly she lived upstairs from them uh, oh in in that apartment yes oh no that's show. yeah i i normally wouldn't share that but stephanie would if she was with us so so i figured i'd i'd put that out there well that uh, is interesting like i said i stayed away from neighbors because i started to get the sense that i was you know maybe digging too much that would might that could affect the uh investigation so uh 
you know, none of us want that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's really all I have to add. Uh, and and Kara has a sentiment here that I think we all could agree on. I have your article saved. I just realized that's the article I read a few weeks ago. You did one heck of a job with her story. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. No, a lot of, lot of details in there, especially considering, well, you're the only one like yeah. that's talked <clears throat> about any of it. Like your story is, is, is her minor story. recap. Yeah. So, um, well, hopefully, I mean, and yeah, it, it, it would be sad to think that she would just abandon her kid, but that, I mean, is the best case in this point. At this point in time, is that maybe she did just, you know, I've had enough of all yeah, of this and, and I'm going away. I, I, I don't believe that, but, you know, hopefully she's she's out there and still doing okay, but, yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't believe it either. Um, but, yeah. Yo, what, uh, other, what other cases are you working on? I've <laughs> nothing at the what moment. We'll have you back on. What I'm, are some cases am, you've covered in the past? That's that was my first missing person story uh, ever. Oh wow! Um, you know, you get interested in these types of things, obviously, and uh, there are some I'd love to dig into. Uh, ones that you've actually featured recently, uh, culinary. Uh, that that was uh, that's a very strange one. Uh, Alex, actually, I did do a story on Alex Jackson. I think it was seven weeks since he'd been missing is when I covered it. I spoke to his sister. Uh, yeah, and I mean, and it, and it looks like since then, and that was back toward the beginning of 2023. Doesn't sound like any progress has been made since then. No. Uh, and then a teen shot, of course. But uh, a lot of the ones that interest me are out of my coverage area, so I kind of have to look into those on my own. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So, like, yeah. you have designated area, you can't talk about other things going on in Maine and another spot of Maine? Well, it's tough. I'm the cops and crime reporter for Lewiston-Auburn, so, you know, you start to branch out too much. you you got to ask permission, and then, you know, it's yeah. like, well, are you getting your features done? Are you doing this and that? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, we, we all have feature. someone we have to answer to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and th- well, I guess we could leave it with with this from from Terry. Thank you, Joe. Have a great night, everyone. And and uh, absolutely, yes. Thank you, thank you very much. You, again, the article was was awesome, and it was it was great to have you on here to to, to hear about this case. Yeah, thank sure, you, you for having me on here. Yeah, uh, anytime. And and hopefully we can work together again sometime. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah it's it's been good. Um, All right, everyone. So, yes. All right. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining Thank, us. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, and you all you all take care. For five-year-old Taylor, Taylor Williams led investigators to Alabama this week. So we have some breaking news from Florida. An arrest has been made. Tonight, after years of agony, a glimmer of hope for the family. Investigators spent hours searching through this house off Pennsylvania Avenue. What could be a major development in the search for missing Alabama teenager. Tonight, a stunning twist in the search for Taylor. Somebody out there knows something. They want to lay him to rest their way, not by somebody else's way.